It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. Welcome to EPP Bonus Episode number 264 of Real Ghost Stories Online as we continue going through our book, Real Ghost Stories, Haunting Encounters Told by Real People, giving you guys, our EPPs, Extra Podcast People, the audio book before it goes out to the public. You guys get to hear it well before anyone else. I'm very excited to be able to share this with you. Uh, these stories, some have been heard uh, in a form uh, many years ago on the the show. Some have never been heard before at all. Uh, and uh, it's just exciting to, to, to see some of these uh, as they've been reformatted for the book, essentially kind of put on steroids. We didn't add content or anything to it or change the stories, but uh, the editors of our book and all that, uh, you know, they, they really, they smoothed it all out. Periods where they should be, commas where they should be. Um, you know, just descriptions of how things uh, are in the stories just put to such a nice smooth level. Makes for very compelling reading um, and and great storytelling. So I hope you are enjoying uh, hearing these stories. Uh, we're almost halfway through the book uh, as we continue on uh, with this episode and the uh, the next uh, series of weeks. We're going to keep working to the end until you guys get to hear the audiobook in its entirety. If you by chance would like to read the book as an extra podcast person, an EPP, you also have access to that. You have a digital copy that you can download uh, at any time you wish. When you sign up at uh, ghostpodcast.com, a link was sent to you. If for some reason you need that again, just shoot me a message, Tony at realghoststoriesonline.com if you are an EPP, and uh, I will get that out to you. Continuing on with the audiobook, where we left off. Disappearing Cemetery House. The concept of a human ghost, or even that of an angel or demon, seems to be much easier to understand and accept as a facet of the supernatural than the ghost of an inanimate object or building. Over the course of doing this show, we've heard several stories of buildings appearing and disappearing in front of the same people in the same day. Buildings that appear to be as real as the one you may be in right now. Why would buildings be ghosts, though? If they're not and have never been conscious beings, it makes us question the requirements for something of the past to return. We once heard a story from a hiker about a cabin in the woods that went from being fully operational at the start of her walk, with its lights on and residents living in it, to becoming an abandoned, burned-out hulk when she returned past it in the same hour. Why would a building present itself in two different ways? Or better yet, how is it doing this? In this story, we hear about a ghost house located near a graveyard that local legend says will appear and disappear depending on the day and who is around at the time. 
Why and how a ghost building is able to do this baffles us more than most of the stories we share that involve beings who once walked or did not walk the earth. Linda shares her experience. I've been an EPP at ghostpodcast.com for a year now, and I'm going on my second year this week. I absolutely love your show. I have my daughter, Natalie, to thank for that. She's the one who told me about your podcast, and I'm so glad she did. I just surprised her with an EPP gift subscription, and she can catch up on all the episodes. My daughter was listening to one of the very early EPP episodes, perhaps one of the first 10, when she heard you speak of a disappearing house in an infamous cemetery. I can certainly fill you in on both. This cemetery is located in a suburb of Chicago. The graves here date back to the mid-1800s. Sadly, many of these graves have been desecrated by the populace who frequent the cemetery. The sheriff's police patrol the area inside and out once dusk has fallen, and the cemetery is closed to everyone at dusk. Supposedly, law enforcement has found signs of devil worship going on, along with wires strung between two trees. The obvious reason for this wire is to hurt someone, or worse yet, decapitate anyone who has been scared shitless by one of the pranksters and is running away. I'm assuming this occurs at night when somehow these evil people sneak in without being seen by the police. I know if they're caught in there after dusk, they will be arrested. This cemetery was featured on a ghost TV series, which was pretty true to fact. There was a photo taken by a young lady in the graveyard of a ghostly woman dubbed the Madonna, sitting on a gravestone looking towards the ground. This picture was taken with infrared film back in 1991, I believe, with an automatic advanced 35mm camera. There was no way for her to doctor the film, and she has the original negative. The picture and negative were verified as genuine by a well-known photo expert. I believe you can Google this and see the actual photo. It's amazing. I've been to this cemetery quite a few times with a friend of mine who, like me, loves anything paranormal. While we were there, her ghost meter went off three separate times. It was just her and me in there at the time. Was this a spirit? We didn't know. Maybe the spirits were upset at the vandalism and criminal activity that's been going on at their final resting place and they're restless. We didn't see any wire between the trees, but we also didn't venture off the path too much because the brush is very thick. Perhaps the activity happens off the path. And if you're just looking for a haunted place to walk and you're not aware of the dangers beyond all the trees and bushes, you may encounter these jerks. Any normal person would not expect to be running out of the woods and right into a wire. As for the disappearing house, I have seen it, although it was not actually in the cemetery. Back in maybe 1973, I was with my boyfriend and another couple when we decided to find this haunted graveyard. I had an idea of where it was, but I'd never been there. We drove for a few minutes and turned down the road we thought was the way into the area. The weird thing about the road was that it was so narrow, like a bridle path for horses. There were tall trees on each side of the narrow road, and it was very desolate. The sun had just about gone down at this time. We were about to start backing up the car to get back on the main road when this house appeared to the left, as if out of nowhere... We all saw it and thought it was a strange place for a house being hidden in all the huge trees on such a tiny road. It was a Victorian-type farmhouse with two stories and a wraparound front porch. 
There were amber glows from lamps in the windows, which had sheer shades or sheer curtains on them. It was beautiful. We all sat there for a moment, staring at this house that had just suddenly appeared. I'm sure we would have seen it as we were coming up that little road, but it wasn't there until the last second. We backed out onto the main road and eventually found the cemetery. I truly don't think we walked inside the graveyard at this time because it was getting dark and we knew there were probably other people in there that would scare the hell out of us. I don't know if any of the awful stuff was going on in there back then, but I knew a lot of the teenagers hung out in there. Apparently earlier in our journey, we had made a wrong turn. When we were on that narrow road with the big house, we'd been a little less than a half mile from the cemetery. We must have been intrigued so much by that house that we wanted to see it again on the way home, so we drove down the road that we thought we had been on earlier when we were looking for the cemetery. We drove up and down this path looking for that narrow little road that would lead us to the house. We found nothing. Not only did the house disappear, but so did the road that would have got us there. I can remember this event like it happened last week. It was such a vivid memory. The stories I've heard about this mysterious house say that it had been seen inside the actual cemetery. I can honestly say, even back then, there would have been no place in that cemetery where a house would fit in. Maybe because of the proximity to the cemetery, people believe that the house is inside the burial grounds, when in reality, it's about a half mile northwest of it. But that road is gone, along with the house. I hope you enjoyed my story. I have several more that'll write in. I love your show. No checkout time. The start of a new relationship can be a fascinating time. It's a time of many firsts, some of which can be uncharacteristic of the people living them out. At times, these firsts can take a couple to unknown and sometimes haunting locations, like the ones we hear about in this story. In what should have been an exciting and bizarrely romantic adventure... Through a once grand but now dilapidated hotel, a couple wound up finding more than just broken windows and peeling plaster. One of them felt and experienced the presence of former guests who never checked out. What message did this dead guest have for the date? And why were they making themselves known to only one of the date participants? And did this experience help or hinder the relationship? Andrew shares this haunting experience. From his younger days. At the time of this story, I was a photojournalist in Dallas, Fort Worth at one of the TV stations. One of my favorite things to do was short video essays of old buildings. I've always been drawn to classical architecture in North Texas. There's not a lot of it. While covering news stories out that way, I was always fascinated by a hotel that was something of a white elephant in a nearby small Texas town. It was 14 stories tall with hundreds of rooms, a massive tower, and spooky but beautiful Spanish colonial architecture. The hotel was opened in the first part of the 20th century to take advantage of the natural health craze. During that part of the century, the area's natural mineral water with its small amount of lithium drew people from around the world, with many guests staying for months at a time. All of the A-list movie stars from the 1930s through the 1960s stayed at this hotel. Bonnie and Clyde were said to have their last steak dinner at this hotel before leaving for their final shootout in Louisiana. Like many old abandoned buildings, this one had many tales surrounding it. Some true, 
Some not. This hotel closed for good in the early 1970s. After contacting the property manager and asking for permission to do a video essay, I went and was not disappointed. I interviewed some people that had worked there in its heyday. The video turned out great. My goal had been to record the history and architecture, not to do a ghost story. The ghost story happened a couple years later. It does seem some old buildings lure people to them. This hotel drew me in. I became good friends with the building manager and the locals that gave the tours on the weekends. Before I knew it, I was doing tours every Saturday. This lasted for two and a half years. It was a blast taking people around the hotel. Many locals on the tours had their own stories about the hotel and its prime. Most had never been inside, catered to the elite. During the holiday season and my final few months at the hotel, it was decided that the maintenance man and I would hang Christmas lights on the exterior of the building from top to bottom. It was quite an undertaking for two people, but we did it. I ended up on the floors I had never been to before, securing lights to the window frames. It was creepy, but nothing strange happened. I'm sure I muttered a few times into thin air that I was just working. I would be gone soon. The lights went up without a hitch, and the hotel looked amazing. For the first time in 30 years, this amazing hotel was lit for Christmas. Up to that point, I had not been at the hotel at night. It was different at night, to be sure. At that time, the grand lobby was still in decent shape, with the darkness and the chandeliers lit, and the dust and water damage faded away. You had the feeling at any moment a bell captain would tap you on the shoulder and politely offer to take your bags. I was proud of the Christmas lights and wanted to show them off to a girlfriend I'd only been dating for a couple of weeks. I didn't know her that well, but I found out much more about her after a trip to the hotel. So, on a cold December night, Emily and I arrived at the hotel. I'll confess that I was nervous about being in the hotel at night, but as the man, I put those fears aside. As long as I had a flashlight, I told myself I'd be okay. Note that I've been from the top to the bottom of the hotel and never saw or heard a thing. If I did, I would not have come back. There were times I felt like there were spirits around, but they seemed to like me. They knew I was only there to help. I can say there were times on some of the floors not used for tours that I felt like I was almost walking through a crowd, but nothing ever tried to show itself or scare me. It would have been quite easy. It's impossible to get out of the hotel quickly from the upper floors. The only exits are an old hand-crank elevator and the dangerous cramped fire stairs. The hotel looked amazing as we got into town. You could see the lights from miles away. I was excited to show her the place. It was going to be a good night. My fellow tour guides had turned on the lobby lights for me earlier in the evening to make it easier to navigate. The breaker boxes were in a room off the lobby that I did not like. I couldn't tell you why. It just felt wrong. But there we were, in the lobby at night, with the whole place to ourselves. And that is where we are going to stop the preview portion of EPP bonus episode number 264 of Real Ghost Stories Online. As we continue into the book, one of my all-time favorite stories involving a ghost train. And it's not the type you think of where, ooh, there's lights off in the distance in the hills. No, this involves an American soldier in present day stationed 
in Germany, traveling a train route that was the site of some horrible atrocities during World War II, which seemed to play out right there on the train car late at night after an evening of drinking with friends. It is an awesome story, I guess you could say. Also, one of the creepiest that you will probably ever hear. It's one that will stick with you and you can tell around campfires for the rest of your life. It's that good. If you want to hear it, become an extra podcast person in EPP, sign up on our website at ghostpodcast.com or through patreon.com slash real ghost stories. You get access to this and all 264 bonus episodes of our program and brand new ones every single week. Until next time for real ghost stories online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for your support and thank you for listening. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. Get ready to watch more of what you love with Xfinity X1. Like live sports and more with the Xfinity Sports Zone. Looking for more streaming apps? They're all in one place. Xfinity X1 is the ultimate entertainment experience. Click, call, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.